0: Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church, Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. All right, so make sure you say hello. Uh, their last name isn't cool by mistake. They are very cool. That's the last time I'll say that, Jonathan. I almost promise. Okay. <laughs> it's... <laughs> uh, but, uh, hey, so next week, next weekend, Andrew is gonna be kicking off a new series that I've been very excited about. And let me see, see if you can figure out what book of the Bible we're gonna be walking through. Let me tell you what this series title will be. You ready? You can yell out your answer. The title of the series is gonna be Chasing After the Wind. 700 church points, Giles. That means you... Get a free coffee, and you can use the restroom for free. So uh, that's right. (laughs) That's spontaneous. Uh, We're going to go through the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. It's one of the wisdom books. It's going to be a very cool series. So that's going to start next weekend. Uh, Again, Andrew will kick that off. But this weekend, I'm going to be doing just a one-off talk that I hope will be both challenging uh, to us and encouraging to us If you have attended our Quick Connect or our Vision and Values class that we do, it's the Pathway to Membership. If you have, you've probably heard Andrew or myself say something along the lines of, you know, here at VCDC, we are committed to helping everyone grow in four key areas, right? We want to equip you with these four key areas. Number one is to connect with God. We want you to have a daily relationship and know how to nurture that relationship with God. Connect to the church. We want to grow as a church family, connected to each other. Connect to your purpose. We want you to be able to answer the question, what am I here for? What am I here for? And then number four, connect to your community. Really, it's taking those first three connects home with you, to work with you, to to school with you, uh, connect to your community. It's just teaching you or growing and learning how to live out your faith in the community. So this weekend, what I wanna talk about, what I wanna focus on are numbers three and four, which are purpose and community. So uh, last week I was listening to a podcast, and the uh, gentleman on the podcast, uh, he was quoting statistics, about uh, that show that church attendance in the United States has been on the decline for many years. And he went into how, you know, just through these the the current or the previous COVID challenges that we've gone to, he talked about how, you know, they have caused those numbers to grow even more uh, in the wrong direction, in a negative direction. Uh, Now in 2021, here's some of the statistics. Only 36% of a church of church attenders have returned to their original church, right? So that means that 64%, let's just talk about us, of our church, aren't here anymore. And the smaller portion of that 64% are now attending other churches. And that's, there's been a lot of movement during, during the COVID uh, season, but a greater amount of that 64% aren't attending anywhere, and they aren't attending online. And he went on to say that in the midst of all that decline, the growing trend is churches putting more emphasis on attracting rather than equipping people, meaning more emphasis on drawing a crowd than making disciples. Now, that's this guy's opinion. This is not, you know, even though it was on the internet, it doesn't mean it's all true. But, I, but what I'm saying is, as I thought about that, and I thought, you know, if I'm honest, God, I would say... Uh, well, my hope is to do both of those things. Of course, I want us to grow numerically as a church because here's where my mind went. If something is alive, shouldn't it be growing, right? And then as I thought that through even more, I thought, you know, my belief is that, well, really, I think an equipped church will be an attractive church. And so that's what I wanna talk about this evening, this weekend, Uh, and again, my hope is that Uh, This talk will equip us so that we can be more attractive, and speaking of equipping, in the announcements, Bill uh, talked about something called Alpha, why don't we throw that picture up? Uh, Let me ask, who is familiar with Alpha? Just throw your hand up real high. Oh, well I'm preaching to the choir. Well okay, so so you know, let's skip by this. No, but seriously, Alpha is a multi-week course designed for the sole purpose of introducing people to Jesus of introducing people to the Christian faith. Alpha started in uh, 1993, led by, created mostly by a former lawyer, now pastor, his name's Nikki Gumbel. He pastors an amazing church in England, uh, Holy Trinity Brompton. And uh, to date, listen to these stats. To date, the Alpha course has been completed by over 29 million people In 169 countries, it has been translated into 112 different languages. The Alpha Talks have been uh, repackaged over time for today's audience. Uh, In the Alpha Film Series, and the Alpha Youth Series was created to reach a younger generation with the gospel. Uh, In the Alpha course, they cover topics like, is there more to life than this? Who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? How can we have faith? Why and how do I pray? Why and how should I read the Bible? Who is the Holy Spirit? How can I resist evil? What about the church? And then there's many other topics that they, that they teach on. And the Alpha course is primarily for people who are curious about Jesus. Uh, curious about Jesus, but they don't yet have an active faith. Christian faith, a typical Alpha night. Uh, would be a 20 to 25 minute video that they would watch together. And then uh, they would sit down to have a time of discussion, very inviting, very informal, non-judgmental discussion about the video. Uh, Alpha basically requires a facilitator to make the evening sort of keep moving. And then they have table leaders at each table with these other smaller groups where they would lead and sort of keep the discussion uh, on On track, but the video, study material, etc., are all supplied by Alpha. So now why am I talking about Alpha? Well, one, I'm promoting it because we're going to be doing it, but I look at Alpha. I think Alpha is an incredible tool for the local church uh, to use in connecting to its purpose and in connecting to the community. I remember uh, as a kid, when I think of Alpha, I'm reminded when I was a kid, my dad owned an Esso station, a gas station. There were gas pumps out front, and he had, you know, auto repair shop. And I remember from time to time, the snap-on tool salesman would come into town, and he would pull into my dad's shop, and he had this big panel van, and I always thought it was so exciting. Uh, My dad would go in the back of that van, and he'd go through it and look at all these different tools, and he would pick out new tools in order to do his work. And my dad's work was... He was in the car fixing business. Well, as a church family, we also have a work to do, uh, and it is, we are in the people rescuing business. And I believe that Alpha is one of those tools that God has given us to do, uh, to do that work. And like Bill said, our alpha starts, uh, the course starts Tuesday, September 14th, it's going to run for nine weeks. and Uh, My prayer, my dream for this church, for VCDC, is that in the years to come, that we would fill the Alpha Course two to three times a year. That's my prayer. Fill it with people who are curious about Jesus. Fill it with people who don't yet know Jesus, people who really need Jesus. And you know, I believe we're at a time in history uh, where there's great need for Jesus. Um, you know, right now, planet Earth, if, in case you didn't notice, is going through quite a shaking. Uh, um, and, and people are experiencing stress, fear, worry, anxiety, uh, distrust, really at unprecedented levels. And I was thinking, you know, in my lifetime, when was the last time we went through something that felt this big and, you know, that really impacted all of us? And I thought, well, maybe the, around 9-11, you know, when 9-11 happened, that just shook the nation, didn't it? Shook the world, really, but it lasted for just a few weeks. This, what we're going through now has been going on for months and months, and it's like, you, you know, you see it, you hear it on TV, social media. I don't know about you, but I feel it in stores. Do you feel it in stores? Some stores you go in, masks, no masks, people keeping distance. It's just, a, just an odd feeling at schools. Like, our foundations are crumbling And people are looking for solid ground right now. People need Jesus. Uh, Listen to this quote, the darker the world gets, the brighter the light shines. And I believe for us as a church family right now, we have an opportunity to be bright lights uh, in a darkening world. And the way that we will shine, the way that we're gonna be attractive uh, uh, is, is, is what I want to talk about today. And at first it may seem kind of insignificant or maybe a little weak uh, in comparison to the growing wave of, of darkness in our world. But I believe uh, that what I'm going to talk about is far from weak. And in fact, it is the very plan of God to rescue people uh, in this time. So let's pray. And then we're going to jump in and, and go through this here. So Let's pray. So Lord, we thank you <clears throat> for your presence Lord, in fact, that's the thing I am so depending on tonight is your presence. I know what I'm going to say, and I, I, I trust that you'll use that. And, but I, I above all that, I pray that you would come close to people. That you would uh, pursue each one in this room and just be real, be personal with each one. Uh, we just give you this time. Come do what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the title of this uh, weekend's talk is The Inviting Gospel, and uh, that's the first point is The Inviting Gospel, and so let me get back to Alpha a little bit. You know, in preparing to host an Alpha course here at the church, like there's different ways that you could promote it. We could take out an ad in the paper, but I don't know if anyone even (laughs) reads the paper anymore. Uh, We could pay a bit of money and get a boost on, on Facebook to get, you know, to, to reach other, more and more people. But when we talked with experienced alpha leaders, and when I say we, I really mean Andrew, but when we talked to experienced alpha leaders, they said the number one reason for someone to sign up for alpha would be what? What was that? 60, 400 points. They're invited. Like they said, hands down, more people attend because someone they know, someone they trust, uh, someone that they have a level of authentic relationship with invited them. Like, like let me ask you a question to sort of tease that out a little bit. How many of you would say you are in church today How many of you would say that you have a relationship with Jesus today because somebody at some point in your life invited you to church, to a small group, put them up real high, to a Christian concert, to an alpha class? Now, look around the room, okay? Like, I would say, you know, even as a pastor, I would say it's probably 80%, right? Maybe more. Do I hear 90? But either way, what I'm saying is, like... Uh, You know, I said earlier that my prayer is that we would fill two to three Alpha courses a year with people curious about Jesus, but here, now I'm getting to the point here, but in order for that to happen, we as a church family need to connect to our purpose and to our community. We as a church family need to lean into being inviters, being inviting people to Alpha, to small group, to church, uh, you know, to to, uh, friendship. See, have you considered this, and this is really what I'm saying, have you considered that the heart of the gospel, that the heart of the mission of Jesus was to invite people? Like, Jesus came to invite people. Uh, Mark 2.17 says this, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous. I've not come to invite the righteous. I've come to call, I've come to invite sinners. Right? When you look at the, the, the mission of Jesus, in a sense, in coming to earth, Jesus did the, like the mother of all house calls. Right? He came to earth, he came to call. He came to invite to himself the sick, to, to make them and to make them well. And we see this over and over and over in the Gospels, in the stories of Jesus. Like, everywhere he goes, we hear him saying things like, come to me. Come, come follow me. Like, you just see it all over. It's this, it's this invitation. It's a gospel of invitation. Come to me, come to me. And as people would come to him, and people would start to follow him, and now I'm thinking like of the disciples, <clears throat> what Jesus would do is he would gather them in, and then he would start teaching them the family business, wouldn't he? And sorry, Dad, the family business for Jesus was not fixing cars, but it was rescuing people, and he would teach them how to do that. And when we talk about us as the church connecting to our purpose, listen how clearly Jesus paints a picture of our purpose as his followers. Listen to this, Mark 1, 16. says, as he, as Jesus went along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, Simon's brother, Casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. That's a pretty simple game plan, isn't it? Pretty clear game plan. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Like, that's sort of playing his cards right from day one. It's like, hey, hey, <clears throat> you want to come follow me? Yeah, that's great. Come follow me. But understand that here's my plan. I will make you fishers of people. And look at that. The fact that it says, I will make you, tells me that there's something that we don't know that we need to learn. It tells me that, you know, that he's going to make us. It tells me that there's something that probably needs to change in me and in you in order for us to become fishers of people. And notice from that verse that the goal of Jesus in our lives <clears throat> as his followers that the goal is a very active, outward, others-focused goal. Like, come to me, Uh, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. It doesn't say, like, it's very outward-focused. It's not, come to me, uh, come follow me, and I will make you better people. It doesn't say that. Come follow me, and I will make you happier people or I will make you more fulfilled people. It doesn't say that, does it? But I think you can argue that if we do what he's called us to do, if we do what he's made us to do, I think then we will be happier, more fulfilled, uh, better people, if you will. Uh, But (coughs) uh, I find it interesting when you look in the gospels, along this theme of a gospel of invitation, it's interesting to me that when you look at Matthew and Mark, the first two gospels, that basically the first words of Jesus and the last words of Jesus are totally reinforcing this whole point of the inviting gospel and our role in it. I mean, I already read out of Mark, you know, come follow me and I will make you fishers of people, and then Matthew 4:19 starts off like this. Jesus says, "Come follow me." Jesus said, "and I will send you out to fish for people." It's pretty clear. And then Matthew ends off, we're more familiar with this scripture, Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then Mark ends off with verse uh, sixteen, fifteen. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, Basically, his first words and his last words and all his words in between and all his actions in between are totally reinforcing this active, outward, others, you know, inviting gospel. That that it's always been the plan of God for the people of God, for the gospel to spread through people to people. It's always been the plan of God that it would spread through you And through me, to our neighbors, to the fellow students, our friends, family, people we work with, that's the primary work, the primary business of the church. Listen to this quote, it's a pretty intense quote, the church exists for nothing else but to draw people into Christ, to make them little Christs. If they are not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time when I read that, I thought, wow, Clive, uh, Mr. Lewis, he, he seemed like he was a little upset this morning when he was writing this, because it's fairly intense, isn't it? It's pretty black and white. But as I read that, and then I also think about the previous scriptures from Jesus, I think you can argue that in many ways, Jesus is making the same strong point, like, like this is the plan. This is very clearly the plan for my followers, for those invited into the family business. You know, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Now, if I stop my talk here, I think some of you might be relieved, and I think uh, I think I would be standing on solid theological ground. I think what I've said is biblically strong and clear. But I also think it would be unfair if I, if I stop here because, and I, and I did say that this talk was meant to be challenging and encouraging, so my hope is that this first part is the challenging part, right? But here's my hunch for some of you, because some of you have been around church for a long time. My hunch is that you're sitting there going, oh, it's another one of those talks, Right? Like, whoosh, bah, whoosh, bah, like whipping the sheep. It's another one of those talks, like, you know, our numbers are down. We got to get our numbers up. You look at all these green seats. You know, it's sort of like, it's another one of those, we got to get busy. We got to produce. We got to start, you know, sharing our faith and inviting people and on and on and on. And understand that, I, or I do uh, uh, understand how you would feel that way, but we need to realize what I've said so far is only half the story if you will. Here's the encouraging part of of this whole thing of the inviting gospel. Listen to this quote. A gospel is an announcement of something that has happened in history, something that's been done for you, that changes your status forever. Right there, you can see the difference between Christianity and all other religions, including no religion. The essence of other religions is advice, Christianity is essentially news. Other religions say this is what you have to do in order to connect to God forever. This is how you have to live in order to earn your way to God. But the gospel says this is what has been done in history. This is how Jesus lived and died to earn the way to God for you. Christianity is completely different. It's joyful news. That's the encouraging part, and what I'm saying is this, the plan of God is that the gospel, the good news would spread from person to person, through inviting, through through sharing, but the plan of God first, before the spreading, before the inviting, before the sharing, the plan of God first is that people would experience the good news themselves. Notice in in the simple plan of Jesus, it doesn't start with learning how to fish for people, does it? That comes later. What does it start with? It starts with Jesus saying, Come to me. That's what it starts with. The the whole this really the, the Christian faith starts with, continues, and goes forever with this. Jesus saying, Come to me. Come to me. Come close to me. Come get to know me. Come learn about me. Come like it, come and experience me. And this whole, you know, this whole thing of come to me, it's not just one time to get you in the door like, yeah, let me give you a hug, now get out there and, and, and get to work. The plan of God is a daily relationship with Jesus, with Jesus saying constantly, come to me, come to me. See, we invite because we have been and continue to be invited into the gospel, into the good news uh, so number one is the inviting gospel. Number two is sort of a play on that. It's the gospel that keeps on inviting. And, you know, sometimes I think about uh, inviting or sharing our faith, you know, evangelism, being ambassadors, all those words, if, if, you're, if they're familiar to you. Uh, I, I sometimes think as Christians we, we see it this way or this is more the way we, ch- we, we try to live this out, <clears throat> see if this makes sense. As Christians, like, it's, it's like we need to write a review Or promote a restaurant where we're more familiar with the menu than we are with the meal. Does that make sense? I just need one person to nod. That would be really helpful. And maybe it doesn't. Right? But what I mean, it's like like I was always taught uh, uh, that the menu, when it comes to our faith, the menu is the word of God. Right? But the meal is the presence of God. See, I mean, so just imagine if, if, you know, if, if you're trying to write a review or promote a restaurant where you've never really tasted the, f- the food, that's gonna be really hard to do, isn't it? If you've never really experienced the food, it's gonna be hard to do. And I would, I would think maybe your, your review, your promotion might lack authenticity if you haven't really tasted the food. But think about this. What, what happens when <clears throat> you go to a restaurant and the food is really good? Right, like Thursday night, Uh, We went out as a family to Marcella's, right? Have you ever been to Marcella's? It's, It's an Italian restaurant. I think it has very good food. We went to Marcella's and the chicken parmesan was especially good. And here's what happens after that. At no cost to that restaurant, you suddenly become a promoter for them. Suddenly I'm a Marcella's evangelist, if you will. And, you know, then you start spreading the good news, don't you? If you've had a really good meal or a really good experience somewhere, you just do that naturally. It's sort of like, you know, like, let me tell you about Marcellus. Like, the food was, mm, 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 mm. Like, it, it's like, it's just such a natural thing for us as humans. It's as if maybe we're wired to do that. Well, understand that the plan of God is that you and I would first, Psalm 34, 8, that we would first taste and see that the Lord is good. That's his desire for us. Like, and then, after we've tasted of his goodness, his kindness, his mercy, his presence, his forgiveness, his provision, his power, his friendship, after, then we become his promoters. The plan of God is that we would be witnesses of him. And what does it mean to witness something? A witness, to witness means to see, hear, Or know by personal presence and perception. And let me say again. It doesn't start with learning how to fish for people. That comes later. It starts with Jesus saying to us, come to me. Come, you know, come learn more about me. Experience me. Come get to know me more. Now let me ask you a question. And this this is one you need to answer inside in your heart. Uh, Just think about your own faith right now. Think about your own relationship with Jesus, like, like is it is it good news when you think about Jesus, like when you think about Jesus, about your faith in Him, is it, mm, 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 mm. like, is it something that you, that it's easy to talk about, it's something that you you love to talk about, or or is it something more like maybe it was like good news a long time ago, like maybe, maybe years ago you had a nice meal, if I can carry that analogy, you had a nice meal that brought you to a place of saying yes, uh, it got you in the door, but since then the food's been, if you're honest, nah, it's been so-so, it's been see so much of our culture is an experience of good news to get us in the door, like door crusher specials, but then when you get there, more often than not, we've, ex- we've all experienced this. More often than not, you discover it's not as good as they promised. <clears throat> but that's not what I'm talking about. This good news, this gospel is the gospel that keeps on inviting, not just once, but every day of our lives. Lamentations 3:22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every year. They are new every time we go to a conference. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, the God who said to you, and maybe it's years ago, the God who said to you, come to me, he says to you every day today, he says to you right now, with all that's going on in this country, with all that's going on in your life, He says to you, hey, come to me. Come to me right now. Come to me. Are you tired? Are you you angry? Are you fed up with all the political, mm -hmm, all all the stuff, all the friction, all the anger, all the tension, all the lying, all the confusion? Are you overwhelmed right now? Come to me, he says. Come to me, are you worried about your finances? Are you worried about your family? Are you anxious? Come to me, he says, right now. Come to me and I will comfort you. Come to me and I will give you peace. Come to me and I'll give you hope. Come to me and I'll give you clarity. Come to me right now and I'll give you what you need for today. And then tomorrow, come to me again. And I'll have what you need tomorrow. The plan of God is that as we lean into that, as we experience that, That is what we share. That is what we are equipped with. That is our witness. That's our personal experience of God. That is what will make us as a church attractive to others. And that, what I'm talking about, is what people need to hear about today. That reality of God is what people need to be invited into today. So er, I'm going to stop right there. And really hit the brakes, we're going to get a little bit more practical now, so if the band wants to come on back up, we're going to uh, you know, I hope it's obvious uh, that part of my goal this evening has been to stir us up uh, towards inviting. Is that, has that been clear? Okay, I saw three heads. That's super encouraging. Stir us up towards inviting. and you know whether that's to church or to alpha, whatever it is, but because you know, I really do believe. I really do believe that the harvest is ripe, right? And I think it's going to get even more ripe as we continue that there's such a hunger growing in people's hearts for solid ground, for truth, for, for clarity, right? For Jesus, right? But after a talk like this, it would be unwise to just rush out and start inviting people, right? Like all the people within your relational spheres because remember, it's really important if we're going to start inviting people that they need to know us, they need to trust us. There needs to be some level of authentic relationship. So I think after a talk like this, if you've been stirred, the best place to start is to pray. The best place to start is to pray. So if you want to show that uh, picture, there you go. Boop. See that? That's two, uh, both sides of a, of a card that are, as you leave tonight, there's little tables in the back <clears throat> and I want to encourage you to grab one of these cards. that says Alpha Prayer Campaign. And then it gives three challenges. Number one is write down the names of three people you would like to see explore faith. Okay? I mean, I would bet right now people are coming to, to your mind. Number two, set an alarm for 1.46 p.m., I'm assuming. And that'll make more sense when you get the card. As a reminder to pray for your three people. Number three, be open and expectant to see how God might use you. And then on the flip side, you can see there's the three little boxes where you can write those people's names. You keep this card, and then beside it, there's a very cool, helpful prayer that you can pray for those people. So I want to encourage you, please grab one of those cards as you leave and and fill it out. Three people, three people that that you could maybe invite to Alpha. And understand, you know, one of the cool things about Alpha, when you invite someone to Alpha, many times you go with the person that you invited to Alpha. Because wouldn't that make sense if you've been building a relationship with a neighbor or someone at work, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you can also write down names of three people. If you're like, I don't really know anyone that I think I would invite to Alpha. uh, Why don't you write down three people that when you look at your relational spheres, your neighbors, uh, at work, at school, three people that God just points out to you and just start praying for them. And, and so why don't we stand up? We're gonna go back into worship. Again, you can grab those cards as you go. Uh, but as we go back into worship, I wanna encourage you, there's communion elements at the front and at the back. Please uh, t- feel free to take communion on your own uh, or as a family, etc. Uh, we're going to worship for a few songs, and then we'll take some time to pray at the end. And uh, during worship, if you feel like God gives you a picture, a scripture, just a sense for the, that might be, for, or something that might be for the, for the group, uh, come on over here up front where I'll be there, and Andrew's there, and we'll, um, uh, we'll talk with you about that. But let's worship, and then we'll take some time to pray.